0: And welcome to the Adaptation Station podcast. This is your host, Nicole. I'm a former special education teacher and currently an ABA therapist at a private center. This podcast is filled with tips and tricks for not only being the best special education teacher you can be in the classroom, but living the best life you can live outside of the classroom as well. After all, I'm all about balance. Hope you guys are excited. Let's jump on in. Hi guys and welcome back to the podcast today's podcast is all about starting out in the role of a bcba we're recording this podcast in march of 2021 so i am not yet a bcba so you won't hear me talking very much on this podcast but i've invited three bcbas on who can give me and everybody else listening some tips for when we all get started in the career so i'll have sarah introduce herself first
1: hi everyone i'm sarah hudgens i am currently in dayton ohio I am currently an intervention specialist. That's my full-time gig um, in a high school setting, but I'm also a BCBA, of course. Um, I work part-time in a clinical setting that is both um, in-home and um, in a clinical setting. So I do that part-time a couple times a week after school.
2: Hi, uh, my name is Margaret. Um, I am from Indiana. Um, I've been a BCBA since um, 2015. I was a, um, a BCABA before that, but um, the, bulk, the bulk of my experience has been in a clinic setting. Um, working, working there, working in that setting, but uh, more recently I've been focusing on um, developing things for supervision for um, people that are going to um, pursue their BCBA. Hi everybody, Um, I'm Cassie from Adventures in
3: Behavior um, down in the Central Texas area. I uh, have been, I I think I'm the newest BCBA on here. I've been a BCBA since 2019, November of 2019. Um, and uh, m- the bulk of my experience is in um, the public school system, um, in the classroom setting, uh, but I also work part-time as a BCBA for an in-home therapy company.
0: And in case anybody wasn't sure what Margaret was referring to, because I know I have special education teachers tune into the podcast, when she said supervision, that just refers to kind of like the process you go through to become a so, it's uh, learning about the job, it's accruing all of your hours. And speaking of supervision, the very first question we're going to talk about is Is there something that you wish you had done or had access to when you're going through supervision that other people can maybe look for if they're looking for a company to do supervision with? And anybody can jump in. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'll, I'll try the first one. Um, I would say so, I was really lucky. Um, that my clinical director was one of my supervisors and she was a special ed teacher before she became a BCBA. So we had that in common. And I had two other supervisors as well um, in our clinical setting. But I would have loved to have been able to shadow or have some kind of supervision in other settings, specifically a school setting. So I did all my supervision in a clinic because um, for those of you who are going down that road of becoming a BCBA, Um, I could not use my classroom as my supervision site. So you have to have your site approved, um, at least through my program, I went to FIT. And um, I couldn't use my classroom because we did not have BCBAs hired on in in the district. So I had to work double duty and go to school in the classroom and then find an outside um, setting to get my supervision hours in. So I did a clinical setting which I really, really enjoyed. But I wish I could have had some experience in the school setting because that's where I would like to stay and work within a district because I love helping other teachers. Um, And I also really would have loved to learn more about how to write treatment plans. It's similar in some ways to an IEP because you're making goals and stuff, but it's also like completely different because you have to write it so that insurance will accept it. And it's just blows my mind because an IEP, your team agrees on the goals and everything, but insurance, you have to word things a certain way, otherwise they'll kick it back to you and they don't like it. And so I'm still learning that stuff because I've only been a BCA for about two years. Um, So I wish I had spent more time learning about the paperwork and the behind the scenes type things.
2: Yeah. Oh, go ahead. oh no! I always love to hear how um, people find themselves in this field. I um, I was a special education teacher as well, and just kind of looking for something different. And in my research, I found ABA. But um, through my teaching, I had never worked with BCBA's before, and I didn't really know um, what ABA was until I started working um, in the field. So for me i didn't really know a whole lot about like the supervision process in general there's a lot of different um rules and and specific things that you have to get each month so um i wasn't i wasn't as aware of those things because i was just in a clinic and kind of the next step for moving up was to start your coursework so i was just kind of um doing that and I, i definitely wish i would have been more aware of um just the the different requirements and like options out there not that I did anything wrong um, but I just wasn't as um, in tune to like what everything entailed as I could have been.
3: Yeah and i um, kind of going back to what Sarah said I have like the opposite experience so um, we had a district BCBA and so my supervision I would say like 80% of it was in the um, school district in a setting that I had taught in for five years. It was a behavior support classroom, so it was very heavy on behavior, behavior strategies, behavior intervention plans, like all the things behavior, not as much the teaching aspect of ABA, which um, I'm glad that I did um, end up getting a part-time job um, because I got exposure to a different population, and um, some other th- like terminology and skills that um, you wouldn't find in the school setting that I was in. Um, but I just kind of wish that I had equaled it out a little bit more um, and done a little bit more in, um, in the clinic setting or I was in home. Um, and like the behind the scenes things, like. Sarah was saying, the insurance, the treatment plans. Um, I did a lot of like program creation and data sheet creation and things like that, but not anything that was insurance related. It was like all after the fact. So um, that's definitely something that I just, I feel like is pretty common. Like most people say that that's something they wish they had more experience with.
1: And I I wanted to like tag on to Cassie your comment about like the teaching aspect of ABA because I think that's something that a lot of people don't realize like in ABA you learn how to teach also and it's really cool and I think in supervision I was lucky that I did get to learn a little bit of like analyzing errors in academic stuff and analyzing er because like with our clinical kids we did have some kids who came on the scholarship and I would help like plan their curriculum and things like that and so yes we had we were working on you know behavior reduction and interventions and things like that what a lot of people typically associate with ABA but I I think it was really cool too that I did get that opportunity to look at like okay he's getting these questions wrong or this comprehension skill like is really difficult for him let's like Break it down into the little bits and analyze the academic portion of it. And I think that was, I was really lucky that I got to do that because now I apply that to my classroom setting exactly. as well. So,
0: I'm thinking back about the first six months or year of being a BCBA, what was the hardest thing for you to really catch on to, especially since all of you have experience as teachers? So, what was like the hardest thing that maybe didn't come quite as naturally that you had to do as part of the BCBA job?
2: I think for me just um like managing my caseload I um I I was in a a situation where oh I, I think it was like a Monday a Monday I was a therapist and then on Tuesday I was um a BCBA with a caseload of um like 15 or more kids so I whenever you're a teacher you have the IEP in different programs but um we're talking about insurance, there's a, lot of, there's a lot more paperwork that is involved whenever um, insurance comes into play. Um, and you have to update those documents more often. Um, and so for me, that was the hardest part, just um, keeping everything organized with um, like insurance and updating paperwork.
1: Yeah, uh, it's very similar to me. I'm like I said, this is my, I'm going into my, well, I'm almost done with my second year being at BCBA. So I'm still figuring that stuff out, and I think a lot of that just has to do with the fact that I don't work full time as a BCBA. I'm a, primarily a teacher first, and then I have, you know, one or two clients in a clinical setting. So at the beginning, it was just figuring out how to juggle. Like, okay, I've got my my caseload of kids in my classroom that I see every single day. We're updating progress every single day, and then I've got, oh yeah, I've got, you know, these two clients that I don't see every day. I don't see every week. And I have to make sure that I'm checking in with the RBTs. There are other BCBAs on with my clients since I can't see them every day, um, which is really, really awesome. But it still kind of stresses me out sometimes because some, you know, I get so bogged down with, you know, my day-to-day at school. And then I'm like, oh shoot, I've got so-and-so's treatment plan that I need to update really soon because it's Like Margaret said, it's, you have to update those more often than an IEP and really understanding insurance and the insurance changes constantly and they won't tell you when they're changing stuff. And so, yeah, just for me, it's the insurance and juggling teaching and the clinic setting.
3: Uh So for me, um, I've been really lucky in that my um, my company I've gotten to just maintain direct therapy. Um, so I'm not case managing currently, um, which has been really fun because I feel like I get all the perks of being a BCBA without having to deal with the paperwork. Um, but on the flip side, like same with you know what you guys said like one day you're a therapist the next day you're not and so with that comes like supervision goes away um so even after you're done with like your supervision hours for the credential as long as you're working as a therapist you still have to have so many hours of supervision from a bcba well once my credential occurred and i was um and then i got my license in texas like that supervision that was it like it was gone <laughs> my i mean i could still text the other bcbas if i had questions or something but it was um it was kind of just like whiplash almost um and so like having to believe in yourself and know like you have the skill set is i think something that um i kind of struggled with in the beginning because um I was with the company less than a year when I became a BCBA, and so there were therapists that have been with the company much longer than me that are still therapists, and here I was, a BCBA, Um, so it's kind of been um, interesting in that regard.
1: I feel like it's like your first year teaching. Like, you're just, you know, (laughs) you're student teaching, you're like, you have your cooperating teacher, and they're guiding you along and you're feeling good. But anytime there was like a major problem, you could just have your teacher there to help you out. And then all of a sudden when you get that license and you have your own classroom, it's like, oh crap. And now you're in charge of paras maybe or other adults and stuff. And you're like, oh my gosh. Like, I feel like it's very similar. Oh, okay.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. i started figured out as a parent in my district and I can remember like my first year as a teacher. I'm like, oh, well, we just got asked the teacher. I'm like, wait a minute, this I is not my responsibility. <laughs> Oh wait, that's me now. (laughs) Like, shoot! What do I do? (laughs) All right. So, do you guys have any advice for anybody who's in supervision right now who maybe wants to make sure they are maximizing that opportunity? What would you advocate they do during this time?
3: So, my supervisor, when we first sat down, we went through the task list, and I like we went through and said like these are the things I know. Like, I had demonstrated them. These were the things like that were part of the job already, things like um, some of the data collection and things like that, um, that we did. She knew I had already done. She'd already seen me do. Um, and then we went through and found the things that like I needed to work on and didn't feel as comfortable with. But I don't think we revisited that enough. Um, and so, and that was a very chaotic year in my classroom. Things did not go well, not because of us. Um, it, mental health is a tricky thing, um, when it comes to our kids. And so, um, the kids don't always respond in the same way to ABA strategies as kids with autism do. So, um, like we met all the requirements for supervision, but I just feel like, if I had it to do over again, I would have advocated for myself and said, hey, can we go back to that task list again? I wanna look over it. Um, I could have looked over it on my own and said, like, hey, I want to, um, can, you know, can we build this in to um, supervision? Like, I have questions about this, et cetera. Um, I did it a little bit. Like I said, hey, I wanna do an FA. Because an FA, a functional analysis, is different than an FBA. And um, so we did do that, but I just don't think we, like, I advocated for myself enough.
1: Yeah, I would agree with what you said about the task list. Like, I, that was like, other than the Cooper book, that was like my other Bible. Like, it, I feel like the task list is like your roadmap, and just make sure you're asking a ton of questions and understand that. Understand, like, what your BCBA who's supervising you, or you may have more than one, like I did. Understand, kind of, like, how much is on their plate as well. Because one of my supervisors, my main one, was their clinical director. So she was super, super busy. So I had to kind of figure out okay, is this a question that I could ask her, or is this a question that another BCBA could answer? Because she's, you know, my clinical director is bogged down with stuff, and this might be easily answered by someone else. Um, and just use your supervisors and ask them lots of questions. I was struggled the most with measurement on the task list. And so I would email all of my supervisors and I'm like, can you just throw questions at me? Because I am struggling, I understand it, but now when I apply it, I'm having a hard time. So just use them, ask them questions, have them like quiz you or, you know, when you're working with a client, you know, ask them like, when would I use like this strategy? When would I use this form of measurement with this kid? And I would, like you mentioned an FA, um, I was lucky that I was able to participate in doing one at my clinic. And and I would really advocate for anybody who is pursuing this BA to participate in one, if at all possible, because it's really cool to be part of that, but it's something that is part of our job. And I feel like it's a really big thing that you need to know how to run one and know how to take the data and and analyze it and everything. Um, And yeah, just... When in doubt, go to the task list and make sure you've covered everything. And like Cassie said, just advocate for any of the areas that you might still have trouble with Um, and just really make sure, like use your supervisors as much as you can. That's what they're there for
2: yeah i (laughs) i would say the same thing um and not just with with items like on the task list but just different opportunities too i i was constantly asking people if i could sit in on um, parent training meetings um doing initial assessments and um those types of things so um because there's I mean, there's a lot of things that you'll do as a BCBA that are on the task list, but there's a lot of important things that aren't um, on the task list too. So making sure that you um, feel comfortable with those things. For for me, it was um, just like parent meetings and parent contact. I've met I've met with parents um, whenever I was a teacher, but talking. Um, Talking them through different um, like behavior plans and um, just like ABA terms and even insurance for that matter um, is just something something different that that i um, that I wanted those opportunities to and and um, for people going through supervision, just always remember there's a light at the end of the tunnel. it can seem it can seem long and like you're never actually going to become a BCBA, but just, just keep at it and you'll get there.
1: Yeah. And I think I like that you brought up parent training because, I mean, I know all of us here have been in the teaching world at some point. So we're used to talking to parents, but talking to parents and parent training are completely two different things. And like, you have to teach parents how to apply these strategies to their kids at home and It's just different. And I think um, that's a really good thing to mention about, you know, making sure you get experience with that. Because once you're BCBA, it's okay, it's your job now. Like you got to do the parent training. (laughs) And it's like, okay, now what do I do?
0: (laughs) And I know a lot of us develop systems that help us be more efficient in our job. I can think back to when I first started out with teaching, took me a long time to figure out a data collection system that actually (laughs) was easy to analyze, and I wish I had had better parent communication my first year, so looking in the BCBA role, is there any tips you have for people starting out on something you wish you had done when you first started out to kind of get organized heading into the new role?
2: I think um, that whenever you're first starting out with anything, your confidence in yourself kind of wavers. Um, and that's okay, as a new BCBA, you're not gonna have all the answers. Um, and I was always, um, you know, I always tell people, like, I may not know the answer to this, but I'll help you figure it out. We can, we can learn about it together. Um, and then as you get some more years under your belt and more experience, then, then that confidence um, will come, but, but you're, you're definitely not gonna have all the answers at first and, and that's okay.
3: Yeah, um, I'm actually, I say I'm still starting out because um, I, um, like I said, I have not been a case manager, and um, I shared recently um, on Instagram that I am leaving the classroom um, and going full time as a BCBA in June, and so I'm working through the credentialing process. I'm working through, like, all of these things. I also picked up a telehealth part-time job, so I'm working through the training for them, and. Um, like, they have all these systems, and the, you know, just like we have IEP programs, they have treatment writing programs, and assessment programs, and data collection programs, and um, so, like, it's just, for me, I decided I needed a mentor outside of my company, and so um, I'm actively looking for someone. Um, I have one kind of built in because I have a twin sister <laughs> who is also a BCBA and she's been in the field for five years. Um, but it's, you know, it's just nice to have someone, um, who you can say like, I'm so overwhelmed and like, you don't have to necessarily then, um, burden your, um, like clinical director or supervisor with, um, with all of that. So um, I think, you know, like I was saying, it, it was like weird to not have the supervision anymore when you are a BCBA, I think that's where like a mentor or like having a mentorship program would be really beneficial.
1: Yeah, I, you know, piggybacking off of that, I would agree. And even if it's not like an official mentor, just finding BCBA's, whether it's in your company or I think it's good to find ones outside your company too, um, so that you can just collaborate with people in your area. Um, kind of like Cassie, I have um, been making connections with other BCBA's in my area, and there's one that actually, of course, after I had already started my supervision, we my district decided to contract a BCBA, and so I got to work with her in my classroom. I couldn't get supervision yet, but um, but I'm still in contact with her, and it's really nice because I know I can send her a quick text or call her and just be like, "I am so like Cassie said, I'm so overwhelmed, or I don't understand this, or can I just vent to you, or can you explain, you know, you know this going on in in our state right now, or whatever." Um, so yeah, I think finding a mentor or just someone that you can confide in and have um, those days where you can just do, you know, vent and de stress and stuff like that, and collaborate with. Um, And as far as like learning systems within your company or wherever you're working, um, I think just have patience with yourself. Um, Like Margaret said, the confidence will come as you keep doing more and more you'll gain more confidence and just be patient. Um, I had no idea like how to organize anything. So I just grabbed a binder and I'm like any piece of paper that my clinical director gives me or emails me, I'm just going to print out and throw in this binder and then when I have some downtime, I'll just try to organize it and kind of mull through it. Um, so that's just kind of how I started it, but yeah, just have patience with yourself and, and the confidence will come.
0: And did you guys have anything else that you wanted to share to anybody who is in my shoes right now and working towards becoming a BCBA?
2: there's just a lot more like resources and things out there. Um, I love listening to podcasts and getting all sorts of different perspectives. Um, I mean, even social media, like Instagram has been great, um, connecting with BCBAs in different states, um, because every, every state works a little differently, um, with how things are kind of set up, so, um, I mean, feel free to reach out. I'm, my DMs are always open if if people have questions. I, I just love talking with people about it.
1: Yeah, same with Margaret. I'm, I'm the same way, um, You can always DM me. I love connecting with other BCBAs and other teachers. Um, And I think if you're looking to, if you're thinking about becoming a BCBA and you haven't quite um, jumped in the pool yet, but you're dipping your toe in, um, I think really research the different um, programs out there. Um, And and I felt it helpful to directly call like the school that I went to when I, because I would read the information online and I'm like, okay, I think I understand how this is going to work. But that super th- vision thing really messed with me because as a teacher, we didn't have something like that. So I was confused. I just directly picked up the phone and called them and I said, please explain this program to me. And I wanted to have crystal clear, a crystal clear idea of like what the expectations were, what I needed to do to pass the test and what the requirements were. Cause I have found, I'm also a tutor for people who are taking the boards. Um, and I have found there's just a wide like variance on what how clear expectations are in different programs, and so I think if you're jumping in, just make sure you are really researching all the different programs and understanding your exactly what expectations are because it'll just save you in the long run. Because supervision stressful, taking the exam stressful, um, so if you know going in exactly what is the outcome and what you need to do, that'll help.
3: Yeah, um, and I also like Margaret said earlier, it's like, I think it was Margaret that said this, like being a first year teacher all over again. I'm ha- I'm having to remind myself that on a regular basis, especially since I've technically been a BCBA for a year and a half now, um, but, the, you know, I'm going into my first role as a full-time BCBA, and that's different. So, um, like, just trying to shift that mindset from, like, being an experienced professional to like is day one all over again. Um, and that's okay. And um, the companies aren't going to expect you to be the same as someone who's been in a BCBA for 10 years. Um, the, a lot of the companies have training programs and um, they'll have you shadow and there's a lot of support um, for you. As long as you're doing the right um interviewing when you're getting that job like make sure you ask the questions kind of like sarah said but also of the companies you're interviewing with
0: all right well thank you all so much i'm going to have everyone's instagram accounts linked in the show notes they all really are very open i've talked to all of them uh in case you're finding this podcast from one of their accounts i am if you didn't pick up on it working through supervision myself and so hopefully by the summer I'll also be a BCBA but all three of them have been helpful so definitely don't hesitate to reach out and thank you all for coming on and doing this episode with me. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks (laughs) Thank you for listening to my podcast. If you like what you heard, I greatly appreciate if you left me some feedback. And if you want to hear more, go ahead and give me a follow. While you're at it, come say hi on social media. You can find me at Adaptation Station on Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, and you can visit me at AdaptationStation.net. I can't wait to bring you guys the next episode, and I'll talk again soon.